Welcome to Day 260 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul, here with uh, Matthew and David and Cindy. As we continue in our third season together, reading through the story of the prophets, uh, we've come to Ezekiel, who is one of the major prophets, which means his writing are very extensive. Ezekiel is with the people in Babylon as they are in exile. And of course, he's seen these wonderful visions of God and the glory of God on the Kebar River there in Babylonia. And he's also seen some very horrific visions of what is taking place back in Jerusalem. The Spirit of the Lord has lifted him up by his hair and has taken him into the inner courts of Jerusalem where he sees idols uh, that are in the entrance of the city of Jerusalem. He sees the marking of foreign gods all through the temples. He even sees, you know, the elders bowing to the sun god with their back turned toward God. And, of course, the promise of God is if the people denied him, he would turn their back on them as well. And so when we come to chapter 10, we find slowly the glory of God reluctantly leaving the temple and leaving Jerusalem. And we pick up on the visions uh, that we uh, covered last week uh, during our reading of Ezekiel. So before we read, as always, we realize what a wonderful gift we've been given in God's Word and how special it is for us to interact with the prophets as they begin to look forward to God's renewing work in us that is uh, fulfilled in Christ. And we'll get some glimpses of that this week as we go through Ezekiel. Um, but largely we hear of the destruction and the judgment of Jerusalem because uh, they have turned away from their God. So before we read Ezekiel chapter 10, as always, we offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. We want to see Him. We want to have ears that hear and eyes that see, hearts that are quick to respond, uh, leading us to worship and discipleship. So before we read, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No. Father, thank you for this time in your word. And just like Paul said, we would ask that you would give us open hearts, Father, to your word, that our eyes would be opened, our ears would be opened to hear the things that you have for us. Um, and we thank you that for that, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness to us always. And uh, and when we call out to you, Father, that you are there. So we thank you for this time. Ask that you teach us. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 10. <clears throat> I looked and I saw the likeness of a throne of lapis lazuli above the vault that was over the heads of the cherubim. The Lord said to the man clothed in linen, Go in among the wheels beneath the cherubim. Fill your hands with burning coals from among the cherubim and scatter them over the city. And as I watched, he went in. The cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in, and a cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord rose from above the cherubim and moved to the threshold of the temple. The cloud filled the temple, and the court was full of the radiance of the glory of God. The sound of the wings of the cherubim could be heard afar away, as far away as the outer courts, like the voice of God Almighty when he speaks. When the Lord commanded the man in linen, take fire from among the wheels from among the cherubim, the man went in and stood beside a wheel. Then one of the cherubim reached out his hand to the fire that was among them. He took up some of it and put it into the hands of the man in linen, who took it and went out. Under the wings of the cherubim could be seen what looked like human hands. I looked and I saw beside the cherubim four wheels, one beside each one of the cherubim. The wheels sparkled like topaz. As for their appearance, the four of them looked alike. Each was like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any. As they moved, they would go in any of the four directions the cherubim faced. 
The wheels did not turn about as the cherubim went. The cherubim went in whatever direction the head faced without turning as they went. Their entire bodies, including their backs, their hands, and their wings were completely full of eyes, as were their four wheels. I heard the wheels being called the whirling wheels. Each of the cherubim had four faces. One was the face of a cherub, the second the face of a human being, the third the face of the lion, and the fourth the face of an eagle. Then the cherubim rose upward. These were the living creatures I'd seen by the Kebar River. When the cherubim moved, the wheels beside them moved, and when the cherubim spread their wings to rise from the ground, the wheels did not leave their side. When the cherubim stood still, they also stood still. And when the cherubim rose, they rose with them, because the spirit of the living creature was in them. Then the glory of the Lord departed from over the threshold of the temple and stopped above the cherubim. While I watched, the cherubim spread their wings and rose from the ground, and as they went, the wheels went with them. They stopped at the entrance of the east gate of the Lord's house, and the glory uh, of the God of Israel was above them. These were living creatures I'd seen beneath the God of Israel by the Kabar River, and I realized that they were cherubim. Each had four faces and four wings, and under their wings was what looked like human hands. Their faces had the same appearance as those I had seen by the Kabar River. Each one went straight ahead. So once again, we uh, encounter this fantastic vision of wheels intersecting wheels and of these creatures uh, that uh, represent in some ways all of creation. Uh, by the Kabar River, there was the face of an ox and the face of a lion and the face of an eagle and the face of a man. There are slight alterations in the descriptions of the face, but uh, Ezekiel says these are the very same creatures I saw. And of course, we realize that the uh, idea of cherubim uh, were those you know, things that were crafted that covered the uh, Ark of the Covenant uh, to guard the holiness and the throne of God. And so we see them as the guardians of God's holiness, as His glory uh, rises above it. And and we see some of the images we see when the tabernacle, you know, was first instituted and the temple, you know, was uh, dedicated. Uh, you see the cloud which fills the temple and you see the presence and the glory of God, except for this time rather than uh, coming into the temple. The presence of God is moving from the Holy of Holies uh, to the outer court, to the eastern gate, and finally will disappear o- over the Mount of Olives, uh, as we'll read in chapter 11 when we get there later this week. So it's kind of an incredible vision of God's departure, slowly moving, or God's glory slowly departing from the people of Israel, uh, not to return until we see uh, Jesus come into the city over that same Mount of Olives. Mm-hmm. You almost get the sense right that this is a reversal of, of Exodus, you know, where God intends to dwell with his people, his presence in their midst. You know, he's given them instructions on how to build the tabernacle, eventually the temple. And God's intention is to dwell in his people as they live, you know, in his holiness and as a holy people. And due to their idolatry and their sin and their lack of living in regard to the Mosaic covenant and law, they experience rather than the blessings of God's presence, they now have experienced the curses that have come. And and so you have this reversal where instead of, God's glory being you know, in the temple, it's actually beginning to depart. And, and you have, you know, God has told them you know, in Deuteronomy uh, that if they worship idols and if they give in to uh, the cultural impulses of the land in which they live, that he uh, will turn his back on them. And of course, in last week's reading, we had the elders, you know, with their back to the temple, you know, leading toward the sun God. And the whole vision, you know, from last week's reading was uh, even though, uh, 
you know, possibly these were not literally, you know, things that were happening in the temple. There weren't literally idols there or markings all over the wall or, you know, 25 people in the courtyard worshiping the sun god. Uh, that wherever they went, they brought their idolatries with them. Uh, they couldn't live in two different ways and worship idols on the outside and then come into the temple with, you know, as the psalmist would say, with, you know, a pure heart and clean hands. And so you finally see God removing his presence, which is the opposite of Eden. In Eden, he cast the men out. Here he leaves himself. Mm-hmm. I guess I was struck by the words in um, 2, where he talks about fill your hands with burning coals. And I immediately had the picture on my mind of Isaiah when he said, I'm a man of, is, did I get that wrong? Man of unclean lips. And then the, you know, the burning coal was placed onto his mouth. But um, I guess I always thought of burning coals as God's purifying, and so now they're going to be scattered over the city. But I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't I don't really know anything. In, in this particular instance, it's not the same as in Isaiah. And of course, you know, at the altar there would always be because there were morning and evening sacrifices. There would always be, you know, the hot burning coals that were part of the altar. Uh, in Isaiah's instance, you know, the, the, the coals purify him for service. Mm-hmm. In this instance, the, you know, the coals are rained down on the city as part of the judgment of God. Mm-hmm. So here, for, you know, fire represents both the purifying work, you know, of the Lord. Remember that the Holy Spirit would come, Jesus said, and baptize him, you know, not just with water, but also mm-hmm. with fire, which has a purifying effect. But fire is also a symbol of God's judgment, and that's where the coals are here. And, of course, you have... The man in linen is the one who would be given the right, you know, to judge. So mm-hmm. we have a, you know, a picture of Christ, mm-hmm. one who looks uh, like a man who is standing in the presence of God, you know, in the mm-hmm. very glory, you know, the very glory of God. Yeah. I've read mm-hmm. some commentators that would say that even here is, is you know, some semblance back to Sodom and Gomorrah to, yeah. to show the people that Jerusalem mm-hmm. has become. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, the like reigning of fire and, and sulfur. Yeah. yeah. But it comes from the very altar of God or from mm-hmm. the presence of God's glory underneath the cherub, yeah. you know, which is part of it. Mm. Not like what you were talking about earlier, Paul, with, I mean, we see the, the presence of the Lord beginning to leave. Even when the people kind of come back and kind of restore Jerusalem, like the temple's still not what it was. But then that beautiful image of Jesus coming back into the temple, the kind of presence restored. But even then, you know, the temple isn't what it was supposed to be as he, I believe, flipped tables. And, but then just to see the trajectory again, that he's making this temple of, of living stones where his spirit dwells with his people now. And mm-hmm. to kind of just see that trajectory of, of, of temple, you know, all throughout the Bible is, is a fun theme. And of course, God has not, you know, finally left. We'll see that, you know, mm-hmm. in the chapter to come uh, where God does, mm-hmm. you know, finally leave the presence of the temple. But you see him, you know, this is almost like your kids when they're saying they're running away. You know, they start in the room saying, I'm going to run away. Then they walk down the stairs, I'm going to run away. Then they kind of go to the door and say, I'm going to run away. Then they walk in the front yard and say, I'm going to run away. Then they run back in the house, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. There's a reluctance on God's part. Mm-hmm. And, Every stage of, you know, his removal is a chance for, you know, repentance and an opportunity to turn back to him. And, of course, the, the essence of the covenant is they will be my people and I will be their God mm-hmm. and I will make my dwelling among them. 
And of course, it's the very fact that God dwells with us or among us that is the source of every good gift that we have and the source mm-hmm. of our blessing in Him. And you uh, see the reversal, you know, as uh, you know, uh, Matt was pointing out a while ago, mm-hmm. you know, of Exodus, you know, Exodus here. Interesting enough, they will come back from exile. They will rebuild the temple, but you never have the scene uh, like you have in the tabernacle and the temple of the glory of the Lord returning. Mm-hmm. So the hint in the gospel is that the glory of the Lord has returned in the person of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, not to fill the temple, but to judge the temple mm-hmm. by overturning yeah. you know, by overturning the tables mm-hmm. hmm. so a lot of really I say nice images these are kind of horrific images <laughs> scary. I mean yeah. these are the things you know that we ought to uh, we ought to cherish a whole lot you know we were reading this morning you know as our leadership team was getting together where David's you know cry you know to the Lord after he'd realized how gravely he had sinned against the Lord is do not you know take your spirit away from me mm-hmm. and here you have that happening to Israel where the mm-hmm. Spirit of God is leaving the nation to their own devices as they have cried out time and time again uh, for you know God to let them go their own way now mm-hmm. they have and now they're facing the consequences mm-hmm. David do you mind closing us with a word of prayer no let's pray and father how how often uh, this story is our story where we turn and go our own way and and, and yet we, we look to you and we see uh, grace and mercy and a deep desire for us to repent and return. And so thank you for the, the compassion you give us as your people. Um, Father, may we, um, may we live as your people here in this time, in this place, um, for your glory. We pray us all in the name of Jesus. 